Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. What is up, everybody? Welcome into another edition of Inside Boxing Live. I am your host, Dan Canerobius. Thank you so much for joining us this week. Joining us on the program is Tim Bradley, the Desert Storm. He'll be there uh, for ESPN calling Lomachenko's comeback fight versus Masayoshi Nakatani. Uh, he wants Tiafimo Lopez next. What does he have left in the tank? We'll hear from Tim Bradley. Also, Tim Bradley's thoughts on Tank Davis, who fights Mario Barrios over on Showtime pay-per-view. Uh, some also his thoughts on Manny Pacquiao, with what he's still got left in the tank, and Deontay Wilder versus Tyson Fury. Boxing world is buzzing. I say that every single week. This week, I mean it, because there are some big fights on the horizon. We're getting into this PBC dominant summer with some really, really good fights this weekend. Top rank and PBC uh, a takeover with dueling cards. But with that, let's get into our interview. Here he is, Desert Storm, Tim Bradley. All right, time to bring in our guest this week on Inside Boxing Live. One of my favorite recurring guests here on the show because he brings it every single time. Tim Bradley, the Desert Storm, former two-division world champion, current ESPN broadcaster, and tortilla-wrapped hot dog enthusiast. Uh, <laughs> remember last time we had you on in the summer, we were that's the world we were in. We were talking about uh, wrapped hot dogs and bubble fights, but the fights are getting bigger, the fights are getting better. This weekend, Vasily Lomachenko is back. He's taking on Masayoshi Nakatani, which is no walk in the park. You'll be on the call uh, for ESPN. I want to ask you, Tim, a lot of conversation about Lomachenko, 33 years old. Obviously, the, the long amateur career, the loss to, to Teofimo Lopez. How much, does Tio, uh, sorry, how much does Loma have left in the tank, in your opinion? Huh. You know, I think mentally Loma has has everything it takes to to reign and become a world champion and to fill this dream which has become the undisputed at 135 pounds um the thing is is will his body hold up um like you said 400 amateur fights uh you know he keeps getting injured each time out he's getting injured in training uh it's been really hard for him to stay completely healthy he said he went into the lopez fight with the injury a shoulder injury which he had surgery on uh just recently. So I think that all boils down to how much, I mean, his physical well-being, you know, I think this is what it boils down to. I think mentally he's super strong. I mean, this is what the third fight that he's ever lost in his whole, whole career. And I have to say, in knowing that his first loss in amateurs, he came back and avenged that loss and by beating the guy twice. The second loss, he comes back and he, <laughs> he loses to Salido, but then he comes back and he wins a world championship. And he beats a guy like Gary Russell Jr., which is unreal, a fantastic champion right now, still today. Yep. And, you know, now he's suffered a loss to Lopez. So what's been happening is he's been trending this way, this way mentally. He's been winning these fights. He comes back, you know, 10 times stronger than before when he loses a fight. I expect the same thing as long as he's healthy. Um, you know, us fighters, we'll lie. We lie, man. We'll tell you how how we felt it was the best camp ever. And it can be the worst camp ever. And we still won't tell you it was the best camp ever. Just kind of psyching ourselves out, getting prepared for the, the match, you know, and just telling you what you want to hear. So yeah. um, will we ever know if Lomachenko is 100%? I don't know. But I think in this particular fight, 90%, if he's 90%, he's okay. 
Yeah, He's I, I agree. I, I agree. Now you bring up the the last fight that was eight months ago, so that's that's a, enough time to, you know, recover from the shoulder mm -hmm. injury. And you also bring up a good point in the fact that he wants to avenge that loss to female. He made it very clear yeah. he wants to get to female again in the ring. And that could potentially happen now with this new deal with TFM, the amended deal. He's going to have a pay-per-view fight. There aren't many options inside of uh, realistic options for TFMO that garner a pay-per-view attraction other than a Lomachenko rematch. I would be uh, – I'd, I'd like to see that that, that fight between Loma and, and TFMO again. But when it comes yeah. down to, to, to uh, Lomachenko. He took this fight with Nakatani because he, – he said it himself because – Tiafimo fought him, and, Tiafi and Nakatani gave Tiafimo issues. He wants to go in there and perform better than Tiafimo did to make even more of a case to get that rematch. Yeah, I think it's more or less he just wants to show the fans and prove to himself that he's a better fighter uh, than Tiafimo Lopez. Um, and I have to say, and I'm not even making any excuses, uh, I know that that Lopez, well, excuse me, Lomachenko said that, you know, his shoulder was injured and he, you know, and I, and I saw the reloaded show for that TR ran on, on YouTube. Fantastic show, by the way. Uh, great job TR, uh, with the promotion. Um, but you know, I have to say, you know, wham, wham. I mean, Hey, everybody that gets in that ring, trust me, fighters. I've been in the ring with, with injuries. I've been in the ring going into a, a big fight with bruised ribs. Uh, hurt ankles, elbows, you name it, man. So it's just, it's a, it's an inevitable, it's an inevitable thing, man. When, when you, you know, when you're fighting because all of the hard training you go through the sparring and stuff, and, you know, we take our lumps and we take our lumps and bruises and go into these fights. So, you know, he can make whatever excuse it is. I think tail fought the perfect fight and he beat him hands down. Uh, the first half of the fight, Lomachenko didn't do much, but the back half, yeah. it seemed like his shoulder was fine to me. So, um, you know, I think, I, think, I think this fight, he wants to show just all in all that he's a better fighter than Lopez. Lopez at that time when he had fought Nakatani, he got to understand he was going through a lot of things too, personally. Mm -hmm. His weight uh, from, from uh, his, his father, his team, it was a lot of stuff that was going on personally. He got into the ring with, without the right, the right mindset. Right. And it showed. It he still showed. won. He still, he still won the fight. Won. He still, still won, won, but yeah, he was going but through a lot. But it showed. Now, Loma wants to come back and he wants to say, and, and we as fans, we're going to say, well, if Loma destroys this guy, we're going to say, well, 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 Tail couldn't destroy this guy. Loma was able to destroy this guy, you know? Um, and, you know, we're going to have, it's going to be the talk of who's better than who, right. you know, and it's going to bring attention towards a rematch. So it's just a, a plan that I believe that Loma's trying to, uh, to execute. And if he can do so by stopping a guy like Nakatani, who's a tough guy, then you know, I, I think it. I think it uh, favor him uh, in the rematch. I mean, yeah. I think it'll help him. Absolutely, yeah. But the thing with Lomachenko is obviously those first six rounds, first seven rounds, he did nothing. I think he threw like eleven punches around. But then rounds eight on up until the twelfth round, Loma was getting the best of Tifima. He was outworking him. He was outlanding him. But I think fans are going to remember that twelfth round and Tifima just dominated that twelfth and final. That was round. Yeah, yeah. landed fifty punches in that twelfth round. Really, you know, I think erased all doubt if was the winner of that fight because of that 12th round yeah. that's the intrigue of it that's the intrigue of this fight with lomachenko is he's an aging superstar uh he can easily get right back into the middle of it you know fights with tfimo lopez moving down to 130 i want to ask you this 
I think a move down to 130, there's some big fights you can make right within top rank. You know, fights with Shakur Stevenson, fights with Valdez, fights with Herring. However, that, you know, trifecta plays out. But I feel like him moving down to 130, him, the reluctance there is almost like a pride thing. Do you feel that way? Yeah. That, and I think that's what he would say, too. It's more of a pride thing. Um, he campaigned at 135. He had, he had all the straps. He just was missing one. And he came up short against Lopez. So, you know, that goal is still on his mind. He's not, he's not thinking about anybody at 130 pounds. He wants to become the man at 135. He set out with that goal. And, you know, fighters like Lomachenko, man, guys that think like him, if, you know, you come up short, you got to accomplish that goal no matter what. And he's going to try to go after it once again. Uh, if it's a Lopez, is Lopez. If Lopez goes up to 140 and, and, and let goes all the belts, then he'll have an opportunity to, to fight for the uh, undisputed at 135. Once again, it's been his dream. I, I don't think he's going to stop until he gets to accomplish his dream. No, honestly. you have to respect it. I, I have a lot of respect for Lomachenko. He said some things about our company. You know, he didn't agree with the punch stats. I didn't take it personally. I still have a lot of respect for the guy. Him getting back in there with Nakatani and his, you know, not going down to 130. You know, that you have to respect that from Lomachenko. Yeah. The guy is still a pound-for-pound great in, in the sport. And one loss doesn't mean that you're just written off. So I'm excited to see him well, in the ring. Well, he got, two, he, got, he got two losses. He got right. two losses, three losses in his entire career. Um, I, I think, I think this Nakatani fight is going to show people, um, why Lomachenko was considered the matrix. Honestly, I think Nakatani is the perfect guy. I know there's a huge size discrepancy, uh, it's in reach discrepancy as well in favor of Nakatani. But I think that the skill set of Lo, of Lomachenko, I think that's what we're going to see come to the forefront. Um, just his movement his side to side movement his in and out movement. Uh, you know, um, the way he attacks, the way he sets up his opposition, the, the guard manipulation, touching guys here, 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 and then landing a big boom. He's going to have a lot of opportunities to do that against a guy that likes to come forward, a guy that's heavy on the front foot, foot on the front foot, and a guy that just likes to attack. And I just think that his movement alone is going to be difficult for Nakatani to really figure it out. And uh, Nakatani is not the best guy defensively either. He could be uh, hit. He, it's close to he 40%. Could be hit. He's getting hit with 40% he of his power shots. See, and, and, and that's the thing. But he does, in his favor, he does possess a right hand. And he knows how to land it. You know, he has a really good, nice little stick that where he sets up his right hand and he yep. lets him, he, he, uh, yep. he lets that thing go. And, uh, you know, if it lands, it does damage intriguing fight it's the sixth straight opponent uh for lomachenko where he's given up a height and a reach advantage so it's uh you know fighting taller fighters is something that lomachenko uh is accustomed to especially because he's always fighting up uh in in weight class he is not really yeah. a 135 pounder let's head over to the other big fight this weekend over on uh, showtime pay-per-view javanta davis is going up to 140 to fight Mario Barrios. Now, this is an intriguing fight for a number of reasons. Got to ask you, Tim, do you think Tank Davis, do you think he's making a mistake going up to 140, or is Mario Barrios like a tailor-made opponent for him? No, I don't think he's – I think Mario Barrios is a, is a really good fighter. Um, you know, he's some sort of one of the 16 or 17 titles that the WBA holds. <laughs> yep. Um, I got one. You know, I think I have a title at, at the yeah, WBA. Yeah, I, I know. But, uh, you know, I, I think he – he brings an interesting style into the ring that we haven't seen uh, Javante Davis up against. He's a pretty good boxer from the outside, very snappy with his jab, good counterpuncher, got some good power. 
you know, he can dig down to the body well. Um, he's going to, I think, I think Javante Davis is definitely going to have to answer some questions coming from Mario Barrios, but I, I just think the power alone of Javante Davis, I just, I don't think people understand, man. Um, Javante is very patient. He's poised. Um, he's a guy that will slowly break you down. It, it, it's never, you're never safe in the ring against a guy with that much punching power. And when he strikes, he strikes like a Cobra, man. And it's hard. It's fast. Uh, some of his stuff is very unpredictable. He, he'll line up his shots very well. Uh, I think where Barrios is weak is in the inside. Javante Davis is going to slowly break him down, down to the body. And, you know, look for that uppercut, that big uppercut oh, Javante man. Davis sets everybody up with, as he did against, uh, what was the man he fought Santa uh, Cruz. last time? Santa Cruz, the same, similar well, Santa Cruz threw three that. right hands, Tim. Santa Cruz, I broke, that, I broke that sequence down. Santa Cruz threw the same punch three times. You cannot do that with a counterpuncher like Javante Davis. No, you can't go to the well all too often like that. Three times in a row throwing the same punch. I mean, I understand double right hand, but three right hands in a row eventually going to get set up. And Javante Davis saw it and pinpointed that uppercut, man. It was one of the nastiest uppercuts, I believe, last year that, I've, that we've seen, oh that God, I've seen yeah. in a very long time. So <laughs> um, I see the same uh, same same uh, same situation happening uh, in this fight. Uh, I got a lot of respect for Barrios and his team. Great boxer, but Javante Davis is just just on another level. There's levels to this game. There's punching power to this game. There's uh, you know, the one thing that I know about Javante Davis is, is that he's he he's I don't know, he he's he knows how to hide inside the ring, but he also knows how to hunt at the same time. Um, he's patient and super precise with his with his offense, and he's getting better defensively too. Yeah. I can tell that he's been working with Floyd Mayweather because you know what when you have defense, what that does is it can it can drain your opponent's uh, uh, energy, you know, because he's constantly missing. He's constantly missing shots, and then you, you're also moving your head and you're rotating your shoulders, so you hide a lot of your offense as well. Mm-hmm. If you're the offensive guy coming forward, so yeah. he'll have a lot of opportunities to land some big, big shots yeah. against Barrios. And I see a stoppage, uh, probably like eight or nine. Yeah, he, you know, the thing with Davis, he's such a polarizing figure. Uh, a is. lot of people like him, a lot of people don't like him. He's going up to 140. Uh, he's not getting a lot of the credit because he skipped over some of the guys at 135. Uh, you know, this whole argument about whether he, if he wins, is he now a three division world champion because Barrios <laughs> is a secondary titleist? Who cares? Who cares? It is a good fight on paper. It is a good test for Javante Davis. And what, going back to, to, to Barrios here, he had trouble with Akhmedov. The, the yep. fight two fights ago and if yep. you take a look at Akhmedov, he's the same height he's the same reach and he is a southpaw just like Davis yep. obviously Davis is a much better fighter but if Akhmedov was able to give Barrios issues same height same size same reach same same uh you know southpaw stance just imagine what Davis is going to do in there but Look, if he wins if Davis wins go ahead go ahead it's going to be a test I mean you know Barrios, he 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 did well the last time out, and he had trouble. Uh, this time he's gonna he's gonna be tested, but he's gonna be tested against a, a lethal puncher. <laughs> yeah. So uh, you know, can he pass the test? Did he learn anything from that fight? We're gonna see. I, I think a lot of fans are gonna appreciate. It. Tim Bradley just gave a PBC fighter credit. Oh my god! Believe it or not, nah. it's wild, right? <laughs> like like everyone thinks that you just won't do that, but you know that's why I like you here, and that's why you're one of the the, the coming into your own as a broadcaster because you just call it like it is. You want the Davis, good fighter, doesn't matter. Yeah, what I, 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 I under. you know, you gotta respect you gotta respect Tank Davis, uh, and and I say this because 
you know, what he's been able to do inside the ring. And there is a lot of guys that, yeah, some quote unquote, he, he hasn't fought yet, but just, just give him some time. I think, I think those big fights will come sooner than later um, because they're going to have to, because if Davis is going to consider himself a top dog and he's going to be in a top pound for pound, he's going to have to fight the who's who's of the, each division that he's in. So uh, great move. I mean, the move up to 140 and test the waters with a quote unquote the 16th champion for the WBC. He's still a top uh, 10 guy, though. Any way you cut it, Barrios. He's but, in the top 10. But but he is in the top 10. He is a good, he's a good, good quality opponent. And if Davis makes it look easy, then I mean you can't argue with that. Right. Man, this is a guy, he's longer, he's taller, he's ranger, he's been campaigning at this weight his whole entire career. You gotta give respect to Davis. All right, let's quickly get through some other big fights this summer. Deontay Wilder, Tyson Fury, heavyweight yeah. trilogy, the press conference. Deontay Wilder not speaking. What was? What do you make of that? Do you do you do you think it was a big deal? Do you think that shows kind of where his mental state is at? What do you think of Wilder not speaking at the presser? I, I, I've been there before. I've been there before. Um, I was there after the fight with Manny Pacquiao. It was the second rematch. I remember going into the press conference because I didn't want to hear the noise. I, I just wanted to just completely focus and just tune out the world because I was angry with the world. I was angry with what happened the first time around. And I was running, basically running from that, you know, and that was probably the worst thing that I possibly can do, you know, instead of just, you know, listening to everything and taking it all in and kind of processing it and kind of using that as fuel. I went the opposite way, the same way that I see Wilder's going, the opposite way, thinking that he's trying to be focused, but really, in all, in all honesty, he's worried. He's truly worried. He's worried about what's going to happen. He's worried about what Fury's going to be saying. He doesn't want to buy into it, but sooner or later, those those head muffs, those ear, those, those headphones will have to come off, and he's going to have to face the noise, and he's going to have to face the talking, and he have to get in there. And Fury, and Fury understands what Fury needs to do. Uh, he already has the blueprint in beating Deontay Wilder. Uh, Deontay Wilder can can do all the training he possibly can. Uh, he can change his style or try to change his style, but you know, like I said, as soon as you get hit in that ring. You know, all that stuff goes out the window. It really does. And Fury knows that he needs to bag him up. He's going to step to Wilder. And then that's when all the questions going to be have to be answered from Deontay Wilder. So um, I'm not, I'm not, but just put it this way. Deontay Wilder will be a tad bit different, but as soon as he gets hit, you're going to see the old Deontay Wilder. In my I mean, yeah, yeah. He's 35 years old. I mean, he's been a, a, a pro for over 10 years. How much could you yeah. possibly change at this point? But he's got that big equalizer. I'm looking forward to the fight. I think that him not speaking from a business standpoint, like who knows what's going on in his head, but it created even more buzz rather than him going out there and regurgitating the, uh, you know, the cheating stuff or the accusations. He just didn't speak. Everyone started writing about how he didn't speak. They're still talking about him. It's a third fight. Well, you're either going to buy it or you're not going to buy it. The, the biggest thing, the biggest thing is, is you have to accept your defeats. You have to be able to be man enough and accept your defeats. Deontay Wilder has blamed everybody but himself. You know, he hasn't came out and said, you know what? That last fight was because of me. You got to understand the fighter you get in that ring, man. It's just you and the other fighter and the referee. It's no one on the outside. It's just you, the other fighter on the referee. Now, the people on the outside are there to protect you just in case something happens. 
And that's exactly what happened. They were protecting him. And he took it the wrong way, fired, fired a couple of guys, got a new trainer. Hey, I understand that. It's okay. I understand that a fighter's mentals have to be right. If he doesn't trust the fight, if he doesn't trust the trainer, you got to get rid of him. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's not never going to work. I understand that. That's his prerogative. Um, but um, I just feel that he needs to just own up for it, take responsibility. And if he can do that, then he has a damn good chance. I understand he got that equalizer, but he'll have a better chance if he just own up and just say, you know what? That was my fault. All good. I'm moving on. I'm highlighting myself. Don't think about Fury. If he can get be the best that Wilder can be, then he has a real damn good chance in upsetting Tyson Fury. Before we say goodbye, Errol Spence, Manny Pacquiao. How does that Ooh. play out? How does that play out, Tim? You know, it, it all depends on what Pacquiao has left. Uh, I've, I've said this on record. Tom Brady, Tom Brady of boxing. Honestly, a Manny Pacquiao, eight divisions, uh, 42 years old. Uh, he was a champion about a year and a half ago, almost two years ago. He beat a guy that I didn't think he was going to be able to beat, and that was Keith uh, one-time Thurman, who is a big guy, who's a good, good puncher, who is a guy that can box, can use his legs, guys that, that can throw combinations. A guy that can do, he's a smart, smart, very, a very smart uh, fighter in Keith Thurman. And he was able to get, you know, <laughs> to beat him. So um, I think it just boils down to what Pacquiao has left. I think it's going to be a great fight. Uh, I think stylistically, two southpaws. I haven't seen Manny Pacquiao in the ring against another guy. Uh, that's another softball on the other side uh, since, uh, dang, David, I think it was David Diaz. Yeah, that was like, David, I think that was that after was, or before De La Hoya. So it's been a while. Yeah, it's been a very long time. And I was a smaller guy. This is mm-hmm. a taller guy. Um, but also, I know Manny Pacquiao hasn't lost to anybody, uh, anybody above the height of 5'10". He's, he's never lost to anybody above the height of 5'10". He's always beat all these guys. Yeah, Margarita. Uh, Delaware, right and Margarita, all those guys. He's yeah. beaten them. So, uh, Earl Spence, a little bit slower on the trigger. Manny Pacquiao understands that. Manny Pacquiao knows that you had a guy like Sean Porter that was able to back him up. So, I look for Manny Pacquiao to try to bag up Earl Spence and make him fight and trade with him uh, because Sean Porter had a lot of success not allowing – Earl Spence to think and just be who Earl Spence is on the outside, controlling distance and always doing what he wants to do, controlling the tempo. So Manny Pacquiao is going to come out extremely fast. He may fade midpoint, but he's going to pick it up on the back end. I believe Spence has enough on the back end to be able to compete with them. And I think I give Spence a slight edge, mm-hmm. a slight edge. This fight goes to distance. Not going to be by knockout. It's going to go to distance. Spence has a really good chin. But uh, I think Spence may eke it out by one or two points in the end. I like that. And win a decision. I think all the pressure's on Spence. You know, he's fighting a 42-year-old guy. He's got to go in there and take him out. Never been in a fight this big. Pacquiao's been there. Ideally, I'd like to see a good close fight. I'd like to see a passing of the torch for boxing's sake. I don't want to see Manny get hurt. Don't want to see him get taken out. Uh, ideally, it's like a movie. Pacquiao hurts Spence a few times. Spence wins. Pacquiao gets carried off. Everyone wins. Boxing wins. Great fight. It's a great summer, man. This summer's heating up. You'll be on the call this weekend in Las Vegas. Top ranks doing great things week in, week out. Boxing thrives when all these promotions are putting on really good fights. I think it's been a great summer. It's going to continue into the fall. Tim Bradley, one of my favorite guests here at Inside Boxing. Appreciate you. I'll uh, catch up with you soon, man. Hey, appreciate you, buddy. I appreciate you. All right. Thank you.